Welcome, everybody, to our Bible study from the Preacher Study. I'm Bob Hutto. I'm the preacher here at Oak Mountain Church of Christ. Kevin Clark is with me, as, as always. He's a member with us. He does lots of preaching. You may have heard Kevin preach in a gospel meeting, and uh, we're glad to be able to meet together with everybody mm-hmm. online, and I hope we have a good good uh, viewership today. Mm-hmm. Hope you have your Bibles with you if you're uh, at home or have the ability to do that, maybe on your phone. You may be out driving or maybe mm-hmm. walking or exercising or something like that and with us. So I uh, hope at least you will think uh, along with us as we think about the scriptures and uh, in this session. We've been working through the book of Ephesians. We're getting mm-hmm. close to the end of the book. That's right. uh, and uh, we've been talking over the last several sessions about the passage that begins in chapter 6 and verse 10. Mm-hmm. Strengthening ourselves against temptation, against the attempts of the devil to draw us away from God by putting on the whole armor of God. And so we've worked through that passage. We've spent a good bit of time mm-hmm. on it. It's very important that we face temptation in a, a state of preparedness, that mm-hmm. we're ready for it, that we're not taken off guard. If we are, we have the wherewithal to be able to withstand uh, the strategies of the devil and the attempts of the devil. And in the very last part of that passage, down in verse 18, Paul begins or transitions uh, to talk about prayer a little bit. And so uh, he says, put on the whole armor of God, put on such things as truth and righteousness, uh, the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, uh, the helmet of salvation, and the word of God, the sword of the spirit, and then pray at Mm -hmm. all times. And so I want to spend our time in this session talking a little bit about prayer. Kevin. Yeah, I was just going to say in summing uh, what we've just gone through, one of the things that's remarkable is that in resisting the temptations of the flesh and the fiery uh, darts of the wicked one, uh, notice the humility that's required for the child of God. It's not a situation where we can approach it with just sheer grit and determination and iron will, but God says, as he says all throughout his word, you need me. Come to me. I have resources that you can use to fight against this spiritual force of wickedness, and we will be well behooved to do that. And we have to humble ourselves and say, okay, I can't do this on my own, but I can do all of these things through all the things God gives me. He gives me prayer. gives me the word of God. He's given me salvation through his son, Jesus Christ. All of these tools that are at our disposal, the assembling and the encouragement we get from our brethren, and here are the specific things we can put on that help us against the devil. There Again, there's some humility baked into that, that we come to God and we ask for his armor. We put it on and we understand that only through that armor can we stand against the devil. We cannot do this by ourselves. Right. At some point, we have to take ownership of our own spiritual condition, right. our own spiritual growth and development. Right. If we are raised by, by parents who are Christians, mm-hmm. they instill their faith in us. And mm-hmm. it's not that it's not our faith, mm-hmm. but there comes a time in our lives when we have to stand on our own two feet. That's we have right. to take ownership of our own spiritual well-being. And we do that by yeah. following these, That's right. you know, these passages, these scriptures. And so we take the Word of mm-hmm. God. Uh, we we take our faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, we take you know the the gospel of peace. Mm-hmm. And we combine that with prayer, right. and we we are strengthened, and we have the the ability, the capability, the wherewithal to stand against mm-hmm. the devil. Right. If if we don't take ownership of it, if we don't say, look, I'm taking responsibility for my own spiritual well being, right. well then we're we're in trouble. Really, right. we're in trouble. Amen. We have a superficial faith. Mm-hmm. It's shallow. It's not well grounded. It's not rooted. 
Uh, and uh, when troublesome times come, mm-hmm. difficult times come, mm-hmm. uh, we're likely to crumble. That's right. And so I would encourage everybody who's listening, just kind of reexamine yourself That's and right. your yeah. own spiritual health. And if you, if you find, well, I'm, I'm lacking. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, take, take ownership of that. I'm, I'm lacking, but I'm going to do better. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be stronger Amen. so that I can uh, be the kind of person that, that God wants me to be. Amen, brother. Well, let's talk about verse 18. Yeah. Paul says, with all prayer and petition, at pray at all times in the Spirit, and with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints, and pray on my behalf mm-hmm. that utterance may be given to me in the opening of my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel for which I am an, ab- an ambassador in chains, that in proclaiming it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. And so Paul specifically asks mm-hmm. them, to pray for him mm-hmm. in his efforts That's as right. a preacher of the gospel. But let's back up a little bit. Let's just talk about prayer in general, mm-hmm. first of all. It, it strikes me that God's people have always been praying people. Mm-hmm. Uh, Moses was mm-hmm. a prayerful man. David, obviously, mm-hmm. a prayerful man. You think about Daniel mm-hmm. as well in the That's book right. of Daniel. He's, he's a prayerful man. Uh, you, you think about uh, the early disciples in the mm-hmm. book of Acts. Oh, so many times mm-hmm. we read about them praying. And I was looking at that a little earlier today, even all the way back into Acts chapter 1, even before the day of mm-hmm. Pentecost, mm-hmm. we find uh, God's people together and they're praying. And so that's verse 14. The, these all with one mind were continually devoting themselves to prayer. Mm-hmm. And so that's uh, mm-hmm. after the ascension of Christ, before the day of Pentecost, the disciples are, are together. What, what are they doing? They're praying together. And then in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, after the day of Pentecost and the days following that, uh, they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, the breaking of bread, and and prayer. Mm -hmm. And so God's people have always been praying people uh, in the Old Testament, the early disciples in the New Testament. And a couple of uh, other examples kind of spring to mind. Jesus is a man of prayer. Look at uh, a couple of passages along those lines. Luke 5, verse 16. This is New American Standard Bible. Jesus himself would often slip away to the wilderness and pray. Mm-hmm. And so this is uh, sort of his, his, his daily routine to, to pray. He would often slip away and pray. Chapter 6 and verse 12. It was at this time that he went off to the mountain to pray and he spent the whole night mm-hmm. in prayer to God. And then a little bit later, chapter 9 and verse 18, we find it again. And all that just emphasizes the fact that Jesus is a man of prayer. It happened that while he was praying alone, the disciples were with him and he questioned them saying, who do do the people say I am? And so Jesus is a man of prayer. Mm -hmm. And then Paul is a man of prayer. Oh, yeah, absolutely. When we were doing Acts, when we were going through mm-hmm. Acts, we, we, we noticed that and right. we tried to, to bring that out. How often mm-hmm. we find Paul praying in, in his letters. Uh, it's not every time, but right. in, in many, right. many of the letters he writes in the beginning, uh-huh. Uh-huh. he says something like, I've been praying for exactly. you. Right. I remember you mm-hmm. always when mm-hmm. I pray. Mm-hmm. And uh, you just think about the list of people that Paul must have prayed mm-hmm. for. He must it's have incredible. spent a lot of time Absolutely. in prayer. Yeah. And so we have that foundation. God's people are praying people. And if we want to be uh, numbered among God's people, we need to develop that 
that practice of prayer, develop good prayer practices. Amen. Yeah, I think about Luke 18, where Jesus, uh, and it's no surprise there, encourages us to always pray. Uh, one of my favorite parables, so Acts 18, verse 1. Then he spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. And let me say this, one of the nice things about this parable, you don't have to guess what this thing is about. From the very beginning, it's telling you this is what it's about. Men ought to always pray and not lose heart. There was in a certain city a judge who did not fear God nor regard man. Now there was a widow in that city, and she came to him saying, Get justice for me from my adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, Though I do not fear God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. Then the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge said, and shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, we really find faith on the earth. Love this story. So you have this judge that doesn't care about God, doesn't care about man, and then you have this widow who's been aggrieved, and she's seeking justice. So she comes to a very unlikely source of that justice, this unjust man. And initially, he doesn't really want to help her out, but she continues to come and continues to come. And after a while, it says he changes her, his mind, realizing, if I don't do something for this lady, she's going to continue to bother me and won't go away. And so he does give her the justice she's seeking, not because he regards man, not because he regards God, but just because he's tired of dealing with her. And, and the point to Jesus is, now look, if this unjust man is going to give justice to this widow, how much more so this loving father of yours is going to give uh, a sucker to you if you're crying out to him day and night? I like that, that point of the continuation of the prayer, the frequency of the prayer. It's not something, you know, sometimes people will want something, they'll pray for it a couple times, and it doesn't come, and they put prayer on the shelf and say, okay, I'm done with prayer. God didn't hear me. No, he says you ought to pray always. There's a consistency with it. And I also like the point he makes at the very end where he says, well, the Son of Man, find faith. There's this connection between the frequency of prayer and faith. All right, if you believe in the power of prayer, then guess what you're going to do? You're going to pray. You're going to pray often. But if you're not praying often, that's indicative that you must not have very much faith in the power of prayer because prayer is powerful. But the key being here is men ought to pray always. And, of course, you think about 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, pray without ceasing. We are to be, as you said earlier, a prayerful people. It needs to be a regular part of our right. daily routine. That's right. That's right. And I call certain things, I kind of categorize them under the, uh, you know, the name personal devotion. Mm -hmm. There are several mm -hmm. things, you know, there Bible, Bible reading and Bible study. That, right. That's personal devotion. Right. Spending time in prayer. That's personal it devotion. Is. And so develop those good practices and that's going to that's going to help us. Amen. So Colossians 4 verse uh, verse 2 devote yourselves to prayer. Amen. And so pray without ceasing, devote yourself to prayer. Mm -hmm. Here pray at all times. And so mm -hmm. that emphasizes that consistency in prayer. Amen. We uh, uh, most Christians pray. Right. Just not consistently. Maybe <laughs> yeah. uh, and maybe just a reflection on myself. Right. But uh, a little bit more haphazardly than right. than we should. Yes. You know the an important question when it comes to prayer is, do our prayers matter to God? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Do our prayers matter to God? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I can think, well, you know, who am I that I that I would go to the God of the universe with mm -hmm. my little problems, you know, mm -hmm. or perhaps he doesn't have the, you know, the, the nature of uh, uh, being moved by our prayers and interested in our prayers. I want to show you a passage in the book of Isaiah that, yeah. that I think... Uh, deals with that. So in Isaiah 37, um, 
the Assyrians are coming mm-hmm. down on Jerusalem. Yeah. You remember that yeah. that episode? Mm-hmm. And Hezekiah the king, he's afraid. He, he's, mm-hmm. he's afraid of what might happen. And so in verse 15, he prays to the Lord saying, O Lord of hosts, the God of Israel who is enthroned above the cherubim, you are the God, you alone, of all the kingdoms of the earth. You have made heaven and earth. By, by the way, if you want to improve your prayers, study the prayers of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Analyze them. Mm-hmm. We have outstanding prayers in the Bible. Mm-hmm. That's why they're in the Bible, because mm-hmm. they're outstanding examples of prayer. Right. And Hezekiah, would, his prayer would, would be on that list of prayers to study. So he appeals to God. Incline your ear, O Lord, and hear. Open your eyes, O Lord, and see. Listen to all the words of Sennacherib who sent them to reproach the living God. Truly, O Lord, kings of Assyria have devastated all the countries and their lands, have cast their gods into fire, for they were not gods, but the work of men's hands, wood and stone, so they've destroyed them. And now now the, the, the appeal. Now, O Lord, our God, deliver us from his hand, that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you alone, Lord, are God. Now, there are a lot of things we could say about that prayer. Mm-hmm. It, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's rich. And in content. But look at the next verse. Then Isaiah, the son of Amos, sent word to Hezekiah, saying, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, because you have prayed to me mm-hmm. about Sennacherib, the king of Assyria, this is the word the Lord has spoken against him. Does, did, did Hezekiah's prayer matter to God? Absolutely. Yeah, it sure did. Yeah. And so God says, I'm going to respond because you prayed mm-hmm, to me. Mm-hmm. Now, if Hezekiah hadn't prayed, I'm not sure what God would have right, done. Right. But he says in this passage, because you prayed, I'm going to respond in this way. Amen. And of course, the end of the story is oh, yeah. the army of uh, Sennacherib you know, goes back home, 185,000 of them uh, die, die in one night. And then um, Sennacherib, the king of Assyria, departs and he goes back home. Powerful deliverance. So, so, yeah, the Lord did act. Mm -hmm. Do our prayers, does it matter to God, you know, what I'm struggling with? Mm -hmm. Does it matter to God, you know, what my desire is, what I would like to see happen? Does any of that matter to God? Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, it sure does. Mm -hmm. And it makes a difference with God that we pray about it. Amen. And so we can see that reflected in in that passage. Amen. Which leads us to Philippians chapter 4, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Philippians chapter 4, Paul, again, encourages us to pray. He says, uh, this is verse 6, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Yeah. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, mm-hmm. will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. I like the the absolute words. Mm-hmm. Be anxious for nothing. nothing. You right. know, that's absolute, yeah. isn't it? It is. Be anxious for nothing in everything. Mm-hmm. By prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to Amen. God. Amen. You know, uh, if your if your child, when your child children were young, if one of your children were to come to you and say, "Daddy, I'm worried about this." Mm-hmm. Yeah, you might know. Right, Look, right. that's nothing to be worried about. That's going to be fine. Right, you don't have right. to lose any sleep. But you're right. because you love your children. That's right. You're going to take that seriously, yes. and you're going to try to comfort them and and soothe them. And so that's the way God. We are His children, mm-hmm. and we go to Him and we say, "I'm I'm worried about this." Mm-hmm. And God might think, "Okay, that's going to work out." Right. But but He gives us this peace Amen. that passes all understanding. So. Amen. Uh, Again, another, pray. Another uh, verse I like on prayer, uh, talking about do our, do our prayers really matter? James 5, uh, 16 okay. through 18. 
And there we heard, we hear this, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another. Why? That you may be healed. And here's a statement a lot of us remember, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. But I also like this. Sometimes we overlook this part of it. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that would not rain. It did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. So one of the things I like is sometimes we think about prayer. We say, oh, yeah, in the Bible, those guys did all kinds of David and Abraham and Elijah. Elijah prayed. It didn't rain for three and a half years. But that's different. No, no, no. He says Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, just like us. And the only difference is he acted on his faith in prayer. And we can do the same thing. And so we need to believe in the power of prayer. It's available to us if we have the faith. And again, will the Son of Man find faith when he comes back to the earth? But, you know, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. I don't know about you, but when I'm in dire straits, I want as many righteous men and women praying for me as possible because I believe in the power of prayer. It works. It makes a difference. And I heard a sister one time, she says, you know, I'm so tired of people that feel like, well, I can't do anything for you, but I will pray for you. Like it's the option of last resort. <laughs> she said the very opposite. I want you to do that before anything else because that's, <laughs> that's more right. effective. That's right. Prayer works. Prayer works. And so we want to encourage everybody that's listening today, think about your own prayer practices and spend some time in prayer every day. And um, if you can develop that, that's going to strengthen you. That's going to help you. going to draw closer to God. Amen. Appreciate your comments today, Kevin. Appreciate everybody being with us. Amen. Let's close with a word of prayer. Let's do Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you so very much for the day that you've given to us. We thank you for life, health, and strength. Thank all the many blessings you've rained down upon us. We're so unworthy of the things that you provide for us, and yet we're so appreciative and thankful at the same time. Of course, all the thankfulness we have for the physical blessings of life, as great as they are, uh, it pales in comparison to what you've done for us spiritually. The fact that we can have our sins washed away, that you'll remember them no more, that we can be reconciled back to you through the death of your Son and his divine blood that was shed on the cross. That is the greatest gift that has ever been given to mankind. We're so very thankful for that. And we hope that we show that thankfulness by A, obeying the gospel of Jesus Christ, becoming a child of yours, and B, by uh, producing fruit, being uh, active in the kingdom, laboring in the vineyard, uh, doing everything we can to bring souls to you, and also in the same time watching out for our own soul. We thank you for all the things you've given to us, but most notably tonight or, or at this time, our minds have been directed towards prayer. And what a blessing that is. We know that you hear us. We know that you take notice of us, that you care for us, that you want to hear from us. It's an amazing thing to think that a God of such great might, of such great power, of such great brilliance and wisdom uh, would care what we think and, and what we need and the things we go through in the tough times. And yet you invite us to take advantage of this wonderful avenue of prayer to talk to you, to express our fears, our concerns, our wants, but also, as we just read in Philippians 4, to do so with a heart of thanksgiving, recognizing all the wonderful things you've done for us. So please be with us that we may be more prayerful people, that we spend time in prayer, we get busy with our lives, hustling and bustling here and there, but we need to carve out time to commune with you in prayer. And, and as our brother Bob has encouraged us to spend more time studying uh, not just the Bible in general, but specifically how godly men and women prayed so that we may learn how to improve uh, and make our prayers more effective. We thank you for this avenue. We thank you for all the many things you've done for us. Please continue to bless us. Keep us under your guidance and care. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.